Our next reading for today comes from Matthew chapter 3, where we hear of Jesus' baptism. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, today we are celebrating uh, that baptism of Jesus, that moment in the Jordan River where Jesus is called God's beloved Son. And I think we typically focus on that declaration. But today I want to, to zoom in on this moment between Jesus and John, the one where we're told Jesus comes to John saying, you should baptize me, and John would have prevented him. He wants to stop Jesus from being baptized from him. He doesn't want to do it. I don't know how you think about this, but I almost feel like John's trying to pass up the opportunity of a lifetime, baptizing Jesus himself. It seems surprising to me, but John hesitates, and I'd like to explore that with you. Because just picture the scene, picture who we're with. This is John the Baptist, after all. This is the man who we're told is out in the wilderness, really roughing it. He's a man's man. He's got the garment of camel's hair, the leather belt. He's eating locusts and wild honey, probably a couple extra bee stings, right, from all the wild honey gathering. You don't come by wild honey by accident, usually. John is, John is doing all of this, but he's also doing it while attracting people to him. He's attracting people from the towns, from the cities, from the countryside to come out into the wilderness, to leave their comforts and to be baptized by him. He's not only baptizing people, dunking them in the Jordan River and inviting them to come back up. He's preaching. He's teaching. He's criticizing people. Somehow this preaching, this baptism is drawing people out. And as he does all of this, as he's inviting people out, he's criticizing, fearlessly criticizing the religious and political elite of his day. Pharisees and Sadducees and even King Herod are, are no stranger to John's criticism. He doesn't hold back, even to King Herod, who, though he's not his father, He's still a guy you don't mess with. Ultimately, this would cause John's imprisonment and death. But right now, he's not in prison. He's out with Jesus, and he's standing there being asked to baptize this one man, this one religious leader. And yet John 
doesn't criticize Jesus. John, for all of his boldness, for all of his fearlessness, John doesn't only not criticize Jesus, John shies back. What has John so hesitant? What has John stopping before Jesus uncertain, unwilling to go forward? Well, that's what I want to explore with you today because we're all probably familiar with hesitation, right? We've all hesitated before a big decision at one point in our lives or another, whether it's buying a new house or a new car, having a kid, retiring. Maybe it's just learning a new skill or committing to that New Year's resolution. Hesitation is a familiar thing. And we can hesitate for many reasons, right? Maybe we hesitate because we're afraid to fail at this new thing that we're going to do. Maybe we hesitate because we're lazy. Maybe we simply hesitate because we're afraid to commit, afraid to really go all the way because we're afraid of the consequences of our actions. The funny thing is, though, I don't think John had any of those reasons to hesitate. Fear of failure? Baptizing? No. John's baptized countless people at this point. He's baptized person after person. He knows he can do it. So it's not fear of failure. How about laziness? Can we call John the Baptist lazy? The man who chases after wild locusts for food? The man who digs in beehives for his dessert? Probably not. How about, how about fear of commitment? Is John afraid of commitment? Is that why he's hesitating? Again, probably not. This is the guy who's fearless in his criticism, fearless of the consequences of criticism for religious and political elite. He knows that it can get him in trouble, and yet he commits to his responsibility as one of God's prophets. So what has John hesitant? Well, John feels inadequate. He feels inadequate before Jesus. That's the problem. And though we might like to say, John, it's okay, it's not. It's true. John is inadequate before Jesus. For though Jesus will call John the greatest human who ever lived, he says, among those born of women, there's arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. He's the greatest human of all time. Though Jesus says that about John, what does John say about Jesus? John points to Jesus and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John may be the greatest human who ever lived, the greatest of all time, the goat. But Jesus is the Lamb. These are different categories. We're not comparing goats. We're not comparing Michael Jordan and LeBron. We're not comparing Messi and Pele. No. This comparison that we're describing right now, goat and lamb, is like comparing the brilliant genius of Leonardo da Vinci painter and polymath and scientist and engineer to a toaster. 
They're different categories. They, they, you can't. It doesn't even make sense to compare them. John and Jesus are categorically different. It's no wonder that John is sitting there feeling inadequate. And it's no wonder even further, because this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And John? Well, apparently, John himself knew sin. Not just sin in other people, but sin in himself. That's why he says to Jesus, I need to be baptized for you. I need to repent. I need to be baptized, Jesus. I have something to be washed of. But you don't. You, you don't. How can you come and ask to be baptized by me? So what's Jesus' response to John's inadequacy, to this categorical difference? Again, we might like to think that Jesus says, John, it's okay. You, you really are great, just like I tell everybody else. You're the greatest human who ever lived. It's okay, John. But Jesus doesn't say that. We might like to think, as sometimes we say to other people, don't worry, I see the greatness in you. It's okay. We might like to point to forgiveness as the answer, but that's not what Jesus does. He doesn't even disagree with John. John says, I'm not worthy of this moment. I should be baptized by you. And Jesus doesn't disagree. He just says, let it be so now. Let it be. For it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. John was unworthy. And Jesus was. But Jesus says, do it anyway. Baptize me anyway. This is God's plan anyway. My plan. So let it be. You know, we've been talking a lot about Jesus and John, but this is the same dynamic that is true in our relationship with God. We too have many reasons to not only feel inadequate, but many reasons that we are inadequate. Many ways that we fall short of God's commands for us, many ways we fall short of his expectations for us. We're inadequate of everything he asks us to do. We're inadequate to pray. How dare we approach the throne of the king of all creation? How dare we deign to put on our own lips, our sinful lips, his good news? How dare we, to even try to be good like God is good. We're inadequate. It's true. But I think Jesus says to us exactly what he said to John. Let it be so now. Yeah, you, you are. You're not holy like my Father is holy. You don't deserve to approach the throne of grace of the King of all creation who is perfect and good and just there's many reasons you are unworthy and inadequate. But let it be so now. For as many have said in the past, God has a plan for broken vessels. God has a plan for your inadequacy, your unworthiness for you. We'd like to say, he's going to make you worthy. 
We like to say that, right? He's going to make you better than you already are. And in many ways, that's true. But we, as Christians, living in this world, living in this sinful body, are always going to suffer from inadequacies. Not just inadequacies where we don't have the skills we need, but inadequacies where, where we are sinners, where we do things we don't want to do that we really shouldn't do. We, we are going to suffer from ways that we feel unconfident, unworthy, not up to the task. Nominations is coming up here at Calvary. You might get a phone call saying, hey, would you serve on a ministry team? And I bet you'll hesitate just like John the Baptist when that phone call comes. You might be inadequate, not just feel inadequate, to serve on that team, to help out in that way, to do whatever it is you're being called upon to do. But just know if you get that call, if you do find yourself in that position, you're just in a long line of people who felt inadequate and felt unworthy and been inadequate and been unworthy in the past. God can use you and will use you, flaws and all. As the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians, when I am weak, he is strong. What Paul is saying here is, in my weakness, when I'm feeling low, Jesus steps in to fill the void. The places where I'm inadequate, his strength shines all the more strongly. Where I'm unworthy, his worthiness shows all the more clearly. So lean in, dive in. Whatever your sense of inadequacy, find in Jesus. Find in him the strength to move forward, the worthiness that he has to offer. And let's close with prayer from Ephesians chapter 3. Now, Heavenly Father, we know that we are in many ways inadequate, unworthy, and that you in Jesus have a plan for us. So we commend to you the things that, that we have in our lives that we're, we're uncertain of, that we're unsure of, that we, that we would rather not do sometimes. But to you, who are able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to your power at work within us, to you be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.